Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports Nothing But Sports with Ken Sterling for Friday, October 18th, 2019. Brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill is a great dentist. I tell you every day, I tell you every week. It is driving me crazy that some of you people have not called to make your initial appointment with Dr. Mike O'Neill. You'll be so happy you did. 317-849-2933. It's a Friday, so let's bring Harry into this. Harry up in suburban Chicago at one of the places where he spends endless afternoons with his wife, Dutchie. How are you, Harry? It's a Friday, it's a Friday, I'm over here with my duchy. <laughs> Pass the duchy, all right. Hey, another one for the house, would you? All right, Carl, thank you. At any rate, let's get right to the questions. I assume that's why you've brought me in this Friday to quiz you on all that's going on in sports in an unrehearsed question and answer session. (laughs) All right, number one, is a win this weekend more crucial for the Indiana Hoosiers, Purdue Boilermakers, or the Indianapolis Colts? That's a great question, Harry. Let's look at each of those three programs from north to south, okay? We'll start in West Lafayette. The Purdue Boilermakers, they take on Iowa this weekend in Iowa City. That's going to be a tough putt. Iowa, while they are not terrific and while they usually match up pretty well, Purdue does, against Iowa, the Purdue Boilermakers right now are 1-2 in the Big Ten. They are 2-4 and four overall. That means over their final six games, they got to finish 4-2 and two in order to go to a bowl. That is going to be difficult for the Boilermakers. It's going to be tough for them to get into a bowl. Let's look at the remainder of their schedule, right, as we assess this. At Iowa this week, they've got Illinois and Nebraska coming up in West Lafayette. They play at Northwestern. They are at Wisconsin. They're not going to win that game. You know, as you look at it, it could come down to that bucket game, the last game of the season on November 30th, as to whether Purdue or Indiana is going to go to a bowl. Going to be really tough for Purdue to stack four wins in those remaining six games in order to do it. I think, you know what? If you can beat Nebraska, you've either got to beat Iowa 
at Iowa City or you've got to beat Nebraska in West Lafayette. If you do that, you got a chance to go to a bowl. This would be a terrific win for Purdue, but I don't think it's necessary. Let's look at the Colts. The Colts in the AFC South, they are right now one half game behind the Houston Texans. If they win, they're a half game ahead of the Houston Texans. Obviously, they're going to take on the Texans at Lucas Oil Stadium on Sunday. If the Texans win, they got a game and a half advantage plus a win in their pocket against the Colts, which will count toward the tiebreaker, right? So all they'll really be is a win in Houston from kind of sewing up the division. And that would be a bad, that'd be, obviously, that'd be terrible for the Indianapolis Colts. If the Colts win, they got a great chance at winning the AFC South because their next four games are all winnable. This game and three of the next four all at Lucas Oil Stadium. Next week, they play the Broncos in Indy. They should get a win. Then they play Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh. They play the Steelers. That could be a win or a loss. It's kind of a 50-50 type deal. And then they come back to play the Dolphins, the worst team in the National Football League. And they wrap up this stretch of games against the Jacksonville Jaguars, also at Lucas Oil Stadium. So if they can get a game, that, uh, a win this weekend, they got a real chance, a real chance of running the table through this five-game stretch and coming out of it eight and two. If they do that with a win in their pocket against the Houston Texans, they are going to win the AFC South. That's how important this game is. Maybe over the course of the rest of the season, they'll have 10 games left after this one. They can stack enough wins to be able to put some pressure on the Houston Texans, but this absolutely huge game. All right, then Indiana. Indiana plays Maryland at Maryland. Maryland coming off a severe beatdown at the hands of Purdue last weekend. If Indiana doesn't win this game, they are going to have to beat Northwestern and they're going to have to beat Purdue in order to go to a bowl and get that to that six-win threshold because their other games are against Michigan and Penn State, Nebraska at Nebraska, those not winnable games, So you and, and then Northwestern down at Memorial Stadium. So if you're going to get to six, let's say that Northwestern game is a W. Where else are you going to find a win? It's got to be either at Maryland or against Purdue, one or the other. And Indiana has come into the bucket game the last two years with the needing a win against Purdue to go to a bowl, and they've come up empty in those two games. Is Zion Williamson going to be the Greg Oden? Oh, Greg Oden of 2019. You know, I really hope not, but he's a physical freak. And when you've got physical freaks, uh, I I start to think, all right, how are things going to break down? You know what I mean? Zion Williamson is a big giant guy, weighs about 285. He can jump out of the gym. He can do things physically that we've never seen people do, right? And when you've got people who do things physically you've never seen, sometimes there's a reason. While a guy might have the musculature, a superhuman musculature, are his ligaments superhuman? At some point, if you put that much that much force on ligaments, they're going to get balky or on joints, on cartilage. They're going to get balky. And I think that that's what's happening with Zion Williamson. And hopefully... That doesn't, uh, well, you know what? We thought this with Michael Jordan. Remember, Michael Jordan, 
I think in his second year, he had that foot deal. And you thought, oh, no, a foot deal, foot injuries, they heal slow. Sometimes they don't heal correctly. Sometimes they recur. And this could be career-threatening for Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan could do things that we had never seen anybody do. And for a long time in Chicago, after that injury, he did things that no ordinary human being could do. But he recovered from the foot, had a full career. So you really don't know about this stuff. We would never hope that upon anybody. Zion Williamson seems like a great kid. Hopefully he plays for the New Orleans Pelicans for a long time and very, very healthily and winds up winning the Rookie of the Year and winds up winning NBA championships and is the kind of kid that the fans of the NBA can kind of get around. It didn't happen for Greg Oden. Hopefully it does for Zion Williamson. All right, prayers to Zion and his woebegone knee. Dutchie, speaking of knees, you know, your knees are getting a little bit puckery, as it were. It's time to get back on the Stairmaster. I'd, Ow! Hey, what the hell's the matter with you? You don't hit a man in public, especially in his down there in his man parts. <laughs> don't you raise your, your knee to me. Hey, number three, who will be the manager of the Cubs in 2020? Well, it seems like we're down to two guys, right? You've got David Ross on one hand, the former Cub, the hero, right? The, the leader of that 2016 world champion. And then you've got Joe Espada, who is the bench coach for the Houston Astros. According to sources uh, close to Dave Kaplan, Espada was terrific in his interview and gave Jed and Theo a lot to think about. So it looks like it's down to those two guys. I have started from the time that uh, Theo Epstein decided to allow Joe Madden to manage the Cubs as a lame duck in his last year of his contract, I've really thought that David Ross was going to be the next guy and that Theo and Jed assumed that he was going to be the guy and, and that the Cubs would move with relative dispatch to go ahead and get that done. But Espada could be a guy that the Cubs bring in. And one of the things that Theo Epstein talks about is sort of this malaise that has enveloped the franchise uh, because of that World Series win. There's this winner's bias, right? We've seen them win, so we believe they can win again. There's a little of that that could exist with David Ross, right? David Ross comes in, and you've got guys, a lot of these guys have been teammates of David Ross, whether it's Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Wilson Contreras, uh, Jason Hayward, Kyle Schwarber, a lot of guys, John Lester, a lot of guys still remain from the era where David Ross was an active player. So maybe you think, all right, we've got this winner's bias that really is not working for us, bringing, us, uh, bringing in another tether to that 2016 team that might just perpetuate the winner's bias or is a spot of the guy. I think it's going to be David Ross. You've got the marquee network. You want people to subscribe. You want people to eagerly pay whatever the bounty is through the uh, through you know those those carriage agreements that will exist between Sinclair, who is in partnership with the Marquee Network, and uh, we know that AT and T has signed on to carry the Marquee Network. But there are a lot of other carriers around town in Chicago, and you want people excited about Chicago Cubs baseball moving into 2020. 
or maybe that thing doesn't get the gravity, doesn't get the, the momentum required to, to build it into the profitability that would exist if people were excited. You get, you get me? It's kind of a business decision. I think they go with David Ross uh, still, but it's good that Joe Espada came in and is putting some heat on Ross. I think that's a good thing ultimately, but I think it's going to be Ross. All right, number four. <laughs> Speaking of number four, Carl, another one for the table. And make it a biggie, all right? Make it a Willard Scott. And, uh, you know, a Willard Scott is a gin and tonic in a hawker short glass. So give me one of those. At any rate, number four is... Uh, Butler basketball going to jump back into the upper echelon of the big duchy. Stop playing with my toes. Stop that. And and don't clip your own toenails in here again. That's disgusting. Uh, is, is Butler basketball going to jump back into the upper echelon of the Big East? You know, I think that they are. Look, look at how tight the Big East was last year, all right? Yeah, Butler finished tied for last, tied for eight. They were seven and 11. But the third place teams, and there were four of them, were all tied at nine and nine. So Butler was only two games removed from being in third place in the Big East. You lost Paul Jorgensen and you lost Nate Fowler. Other than that, this team returns virtually intact, everybody a year older, with a year more urgency. You know, they've got seniors, four seniors who are going to carry a heavy load this year, and seniors play with urgency because they realize this is their last chance saloon, baby. You know what? If they don't pony up now, there is no second chance. You don't get to come back next year. So you've got Sean McDermott and Henry Badley and Derek Smith, the grad-eligible transfer, and Kamar Baldwin who want to get things done. And then you've got a bunch of juniors. So this is an old team. This is a skilled team. This is Laval Jordan's third team. And I think Laval Jordan is really starting to coach his team rather than coach the remnants of Chris Holtman's team, and I really think that that's what was happening the last couple of years. I think that this team winds up being in the top four in the Big East and returns to the NCAA tournament. All right, and number five is John Calipari, a scared for Kentucky to play again at Simon Scott. I think that's pronounced Scott, S-K-J-O-D-T. Good heavens. <laughs> Scrabble! Okay, at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. I think that John Calipari does not understand the role that college basketball plays on the campuses of the universities they serve. That's what I think. John Calipari wants to play everybody in a neutral site. Any legitimate competition before you get to the SEC schedule, he wants to play at a neutral site. Whether it's New York, he offered, according to him, he offered to play IU twice in Indianapolis without a return to Kentucky. All right? Without a return to a place like Louisville or wherever. And he says that's him being magnanimous because Archie Miller's dad coached John Calipari and he's a good friend of Bruiser Flint and blah, 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 yip, yap, yip, yap. What John Calipari doesn't want to do is return to the scene of the crime. 
All right. And the crime, as he sees it, is Christian Watford hitting the shot in 2011 that kind of launched Indiana basketball into a renaissance that was short-lived, but a renaissance nonetheless. I don't think that John Calipari wants to walk inside that building again and remember what happened. That shot by Christian Watford is still being played, and the, the crowd rushing out of the floor is still being played on ESPN promos. And I don't think John Calipari has any interest in walking into that building again because his previous memory of that is so negative. He doesn't want to do it because he wants to play at neutral sites. He wants everything to feed the beast, right? And that beast being Kentucky basketball. Look, playing in, India, playing in Indianapolis does not service the community of Bloomington. And playing in Louisville does not service the community of Lexington. Students for games being played at Simon Scott Assembly Hall, they can just walk over. That's what it is, and that's the way it should be. Nobody's got to travel. The team doesn't have to travel. The team doesn't have to get on a bus. The team doesn't have to stay at a hotel the night before. All this crap, it doesn't have to be disruptive to the academic or social lives of the athletes, and the students get to come over and watch the game. And the people who work at Indiana University as employees, they get to come over and watch the game. It services the community. That's important. That John Calipari doesn't see it, that he's got a blind spot toward that, I think it's an absolute shame. All right, that's sports, nothing but sports. I think that Purdue is going to lose. I think Indiana is going to lose, and I think the Colts are going to win. That's what's going to happen this weekend in local action. And I will guarantee you that Notre Dame does not lose because they've got a bye week. This is the last weekend for about six, maybe seven, hopefully eight months that will not feature basketball in central Indiana, played at a professional level. Pacers, they get rolling on Wednesday, and I think the Pacers are going to be terrific, no, regardless of Victor Oladipo and, and when he's back with this team. I think it's really well put together. I don't know if Jeremy Lamb is ready to be a starter, but I think the Pacers, with Lamb, they're ready to win. I think Brogdon at the point is going to be terrific. I can't wait to watch that team play. Monday morning, breakfast with Kent. I cannot wait to talk to you then on Facebook Live at 8 o'clock. And then at about 8.15, we do it again on Periscope Live. It's a show so nice. We do it twice. Brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry. Join me Monday morning.